you mind if we pray together? If you do, you're in the wrong place, because this is church. And uh, let's pray. God, thank you. As uh, our brother Mike just thanked you for our Savior, we can't say thank you enough. We are going to have an opportunity in heaven to bless you eternally. However, there's a lot more that's going to be going on in heaven. So prepare us now. And some of our preparation is stewarding what you have given to us, whether it's our lives, our time, our possessions, our finances, our giftings, the talents that we have, our families, you name it. Give us wisdom, we pray. Receive what we give as an offering from the heart. Bless each cheerful giver. We'll thank you in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. amen. Gentlemen, if you would. So I have a few things I need to mention. First of all, I want to thank Tim for preaching a pretty good sermon last week. Uh, It was. And I have one bone to pick with you. He preached without a pulpit and notes. I mean, you had notes probably. You're making me look bad, brother. I just, I I cannot attain unto it. I just can't do it. So I still need a little place to keep all my notes. But I have a few things I want to mention. Am I too loud? Am I obnoxious? Don't answer that. (laughs) A couple of announcements that weren't made so far. I think um, uh, Don might have mentioned we have chairs with arms if people need assistance getting up and down, and we will make accommodations for anyone who needs a special space for a wheelchair or whatever it might happen to be. Um, Two things that we didn't mention earlier that I want to mention now. Uh, One is... You may have seen uh, around the building, we have a couple of these, and if you've been following the news at all, Louisiana is in really bad condition. Do you know what I'm talking about? And so some people have expressed some interest. Is there something the church should do? Well, there certainly is. And so uh, this is a little close to home for me because my hometown, Binghamton up north, got hit twice. Within a five-year period, we had a 100-year flood, and then we had a 500-year flood. It was absolutely amazing, terrible. And driving down into church one Sunday morning, I'm looking at everybody's lives piled up at the street corner, getting ready to be hauled off as trash. It's a devastating experience. We have a church on the ground down there, a nice Southern Baptist church of brothers and sisters that are reaching out, and they've also commandeered another church right in the middle of the afflicted area. Well, let's take an offering again. Let's send it around again. We're doing good this morning. And um, (laughs) so, did we miss somebody? Right here. Um, So, we'll get it together yet. Um, Serving those people is a hands-on showing the love of Jesus experience. And there's a church that has been commandeered right in the area as a shelter and a, uh, an aid point. So this large church is helping that church, and anything that we send to them will go straight to the purpose for which it's been sent. So what I've done is, if you feel inclined already and you don't think you'll be here next week, you can cut a check and write it to Union Center, and we'll convert it and send it down. 
I just had a brain, whatever they call that, bad word, you know, poop. I just went back 10 years. Okay. Harmony Baptist is where I am. This is Harmony Baptist, right? I knew, I knew that. This is going to be a great morning. <laughs> okay. So, disaster relief, just right, disaster relief, Harmony Baptist Church. Next week, we're going to take a special offering. Now, I hope you understand. From good stewardship standpoint, this is above and beyond giving. This isn't your tithe. You don't transfer your tithe there. But we uh, think about how can I sacrifice a little bit. That's what I'm thinking about. How can I sacrifice? These people are out of their homes. I uh, just was with friends on Long Island whose house burned completely. They lost everything. Some of you will appreciate two motorcycles got rescued. I mean, what's more important? But... They lost everything, and uh, that just speaks into my soul. We think we have inconvenience, right? Occasionally, we do have some inconveniences, but not that bad. So I think about how can I sacrifice and contribute. So think about that for this week. Pray into it. Next week, we'll take a special offering just for that, and uh, we'll send it on to aid people who will be under the influence of Christians hearing the gospel, things like that. It would be excellent. It's a good thing to give to. And maybe some of you feel inclined... Larry, you wrote that in your note. I'm going to, I would go down there and do something. So Larry's going to have a van ready to go for anybody who's got free time. Bring your shovels and muck out tools and he'll take you down there. I just volunteered him against his will, so that was probably not a good idea. Let's do it. Yeah, some of you can. If you can, do it. I've done it, so uh, have fun. One last announcement. This, this speaks into the fact that, you know, fall is coming. We've all had great summers, I hope, mostly. That's pretty sweet, I guess, Pastor John. But anyway, you went swimming at least once? No, never mind. Um, We're starting to crank up for the fall, and there's things to be done. We're trying to train new believers. We're trying to start a program for our children, which is called Awana, which happens on Wednesday nights. I know some of us would like more Sunday school to happen. There's only so much we can do with so many volunteers. So we have to make a call and do something. You have to have something for your children. Awana's cranking up again. Wednesday nights makes a great opportunity for alternative outreach ministries, Bible studies and things like that. Some of us are already doing it. So what we're looking for are people to step up. If you're untrained, they need some volunteers. Very simple jobs to do in Awana. I believe Awana needs three Sparks leaders, if you know what that is, one cubby, couple of floaters would be good. You don't have to be high-tech. You don't have to have a Bible degree. You can help. And so if you can, Kathy, stand up, Kathy, if you would, and Terry, if you would. I'm sorry to make you stand. Thank you. But I'm not sorry, but thank you. They're the people to speak to if you have time and you can step up. One of the things we're going to be talking about today, I mean, maybe um, scratching our gray matter a little bit about is why has God given us so much grace and is it just for us to consume or we to participate in his business? Some of us are like, why don't Christians step up? You know, the typical church is under Prieto's principle, right? You all know Prieto's law, 20% of the people do 80% of the work, that, that kind of a thing. That's not normal New Testament, by the way. It may be cultural, but it's not normal. And so we want to increase that as much as we can. So this is a place, uh, Awana is one place you can start, especially if you're not trained. But we're going to need some other things, too. Down the road, 
I'm going to be doing a small group leader training, and if you're interested in that possibility, you need to talk to me because I'm going to set the bar up a bit. And so we uh, want to do that. We need people to help disciple people who enter into the kingdom and those who are already in. Okay? So does that make sense? Everybody mad at me already? Oh, shucks. Okay. I think that's all I needed to say. And what I'd like to do now is look at the Word of God. And this is kind of a unique morning. Um, I've had a bunch of great questions. You know, I said it almost seemed like everybody knows all the answers. And then all of a sudden this flood of questions came in. And I can't possibly answer them all, at least not in one week. But I'm going to try to hit a whole lot of stuff today. So everybody, fasten your seatbelts. Let me read to you a couple of questions uh, that provoked my title. And I have to find my little clacker here. There it is. It's not a clicker. It's a clacker. I was told by the tech team. They call it a clacker. So here we go. Question and answer. What about judgment? I'm going to give you a quick survey of 10 biblical texts. All right? So you have, if you have your bulletin, in the bulletin there are... Ten verses there that you can fill in the reference. So even if you can't keep up with me, write down the reference. You can always look at it later, read it, ponder it, consider what it has to say. Okay? What about judgment? Let me tell you the questions that came in. By the way, I got a bunch of really good questions. Okay? I did. But here's one. Uh, Somebody in the room said to me, if we're saved by faith and not by works, in other words, it's all of grace, then what are the treasures that are stored up in heaven? What's that all about, and why should you get any? I mean, they didn't say it that way, but that's what I'm saying. Uh, What are they? What is that all about? And that's what provoked this morning's dialogue. Here was another one that was kind of helpful. If saints, and by the way, we're going to see this verse, if saints are going to judge the world along with Christ, did you know that that's biblical? Why does it say the saints will also judge angels? Does this imply angels are sinners who need to stand before judgment? Anybody met an angel lately? Watch out. Okay. We're going to unpack that, okay? So let's begin. Let me ask you to join me again for prayer because we need the illumining work of the Holy Spirit to help us. We do need your help, Lord Jesus, because left to ourselves... We could read the Bible from cover to cover, as some famous people in history have done, and yet they have been leaders of countries that have oppressed and persecuted Christians. So simply seeing it, knowing what it says, will not be sufficient for me. I need the help of your Holy Spirit to illumine my mind, to make the application that most applies to me this morning. So guide me, edify your saints, Your children are precious to you. You have invested the very blood of your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no greater payment that could ever be made. Help us to see how valuable, what a treasured possession we are, and what you look forward to because of your saints. Help us, we pray, in the great name of Jesus. Amen. And all of God's people said, okay, they are here. Wanted to make sure I was in the right place. All right, what about judgment? Grace is such a fantastic gift that when the Lord Jesus rescues us, we not only get born again, we not only get the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, we also give a gift of the Spirit that is designed to help us serve Him, and we also get more grace 
By the way, when I use the word grace, some of us who've been Christians for a while, what do you immediately think of? Well, that's very good. God's, that's a little acrostic for some of you who've never heard it. God's riches at Christ's expense. That's a good one. We tend to feel grace is forgiveness, right? Mercy that we received. But mercy, there's more to grace than just the mercy side. There's the ability side, the enabling side. I've used this before. Any parents ever said, Lord, give me grace? Okay, at least a few of you are honest. Uh, the point is, we need grace. What does grace mean there? It doesn't mean forgiveness. I need ability. I need strength. I need the power to walk through this. I need, for example, when I face it, I need dying grace. I need grace to walk through that challenge. So I I want to talk about some views about grace. And the first one I want to talk about is, and grace, relating to judgment. The first one is that we want to have a right view rather than a wrong view about judgment. Let me show you the word judgment. You ever hear that word judgment? You know, and don't judge. Jesus made a phrase very famous, don't judge. Or actually, that's not what he said. Yeah, he said, yeah, don't, yeah. And we're going to see it. Okay, I've got it. Here we go. Here's the word, crino. Does the second word look familiar at all? To in Crisis, right. That's judgment. Crino is to judge. Crisis is judgment, or crisis in, in Greek. And look at the meanings of this word, all of them. It originally meant to separate out, like you got sheep. You got bad sheep and good sheep, so you put the bad sheep aside. Going to have them for dinner. The other ones we keep for our flock. You know. So you select, you choose out, you approve or esteem. I judge you worthy. The one who let my name. Worthy, all right? Approve and esteem. Think or have an opinion. I have to judge this. I'm reading a newspaper article. I make an opinion about it, right? I judge it. Um, I resolve or decree. I've made up my mind we're doing this. That's a decree, a decision you make to judge between right and wrong. That's what our court system is about, to make a judgment between what is right and what is wrong. And the last word is to rule or govern. We're going to see that that applies when Jesus says, you're going to be judging the 12 tribes of Israel. All of that is involved in this word, judgment. But first, I want to make sure we don't have the wrong view. Anybody know this guy? (laughs) Earl Hook. Call me Earl. He's got a mother-in-law that says, don't judge me, Earl. My, my uh, daughter quotes that all the time. Every time she says something really, she's artsy, so she always says these weird things, you know, and then she goes, don't judge me, Earl. You guys don't get out very much, do you? Okay, so, uh, bad show. Anyway, the whole point being, we love to quote that in our culture, don't we? Oh, don't judge, don't judge, don't judge. And by the way, Jesus did say, be merciful just as your father is merciful. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Pardon and you will be pardoned. What is his point? His point is not saying there's no such thing as making decisions or decreeing or discerning what is right and wrong. What he's saying is stop being a nasty critic. Can anybody do that? Yes, Pastor. You think? It is hard, right? It's hard. Some of us are working through uh, 
emotionally healthy uh, Christianity book. And uh, there's a little grid that I worked my way through, and I thought I was doing pretty good until I got to that one. Ow. Ooh, twist the knife, you know. It's like learning to be merciful. That's a project that will probably take you most of your life. Anybody want to say, yes, Pastor John, yes, I'm with you. Some of you. Some of you are way past me, I know. What you see in me is what you don't like about you. I don't like it either. Okay, so be merciful. What is the point? Jesus is trying to teach, especially in the context of Phariseeism. Stop thinking you're so superior because you got a lot of those warts in you as well. And be merciful. When the, when the saints judge, and we're going to look at this, we're supposed to be merciful and cheer each other on. The book of James says this, judgment will be merciless to one who has shown no mercy. I keep that in mind a lot, so I try to show mercy because I want to get some when I get up there. But there's another side of it. Don't you know that the saints are actually going to judge the world? That was uh, one of our questions, and I'm going to look at that verse in a couple of minutes. So if that's true, Paul is telling us, the Bible is telling us, start your training now because you're going to have to judge the world. I didn't realize how relevant this was. I just got invited. I'm going to use two illustrations today, which I don't like to do, but from my training in karate. And I got invited to be a referee judge at this upcoming competition, and I am, I'd, rather get, I'd rather compete and get beat up than have to be a judge because you have to discern he gets more points than you get. That's scary. Thank you, Bill. <laughs> Start training now. You want to see what God has for you? Start your training now. All right, so what I wanted to say on that first thing is not have the wrong view, that Jesus is not saying never make a discernment, never make a call, never call something wrong that's wrong and something right that's right. He would rather you say the truth. And uh, somebody had turned in a question like, how about interacting with non-believers? And that very subject helps clarify in the words of Paul at one point in Corinthians. He basically says this, you're worried about separating yourself from sinful people. And actually what I was trying to explain to you, and here it is, is not to associate with any so-called brother or sister if he should be called an immoral person, or if he's an immoral person, covetous, idolater, reviler, drunkard, swindler, don't even eat with such a one. For what have I to do with judging outsiders? Sometimes Christians have this idea that if I rub shoulders with really sinful people, I'm going to get cooties. Well, if you're not strong enough to be around it, then you better obey the Holy Spirit and not be around it. But if you are a strong Christian, you're not going to get cooties. Maybe they're going to get Christian. But he says, when they're in the family of God and they're involved not in minor irritations, but scandalous behavior, that we should call people on. Because we're called to a higher level. Not to pick on you, to raise you up to a higher level. God has called us to be sanctified. And look at how he ends this. What have I got to do with judging outsiders? You are supposed to judge those who are within the church. Those outside God has to judge. Does that help a little bit? Okay, so we challenge each other to better, you know, 
I'm, I'm calling it out of you, as they say in charismatic circles. Oh, by the way, speaking of that, your worship today, you're almost Bapticostals. Keep it up. Going to get you guys converted yet. All right. Oh, now they're going to leave. What? When it says you are to judge, what does that matter? What does that actually mean? You're to assess. Here's a good word for judgment, assess. Okay. Make an assessment. Oh, that's a whole subject we can't even get into right now because what you do with it... Oh, wait a minute. I got a Q&A later. You got to wait. All right. That's the difference. Yeah, it's not condemning. It's challenging. Like the word for um, um, the Holy Spirit. What is it? Uh, the paraclete. It's, it's a lawyer term, but you come alongside. The paraclete, the Holy Spirit, comes alongside of us and exhorts us. Exhortation means get off your butt and do this. Or it means you can do it. Or it means, you're, you know what? You're God's beloved child. Don't forget that. You're feeling bad about yourself. Don't listen to that. Or it means you're being naughty. You know, whatever. <laughs> He's my friend, so I can pick on him. <laughs> well, I'm going to leave the church. Pastor John was mean to me. Okay. So. First thing, I want to make sure we don't have a wrong view. Earl Hickey's view there, <laughs> whatever, call me Earl. I hope that's helpful. We don't judge each other and, uh, you know, get all wound up because somebody picks their nose in church or they do something that irritates you. That's different. This is scandalous behavior. It's stuff that's dishonoring the name of Jesus for those who are his chosen ones, okay? Now I want to move on to the broad view, and I'm going to go very quickly. There is a general final exam for the world. Here's what it says. Inasmuch as it is appointed for men to die once and after this comes judgment. Maybe you've never seen these verses. If you haven't, write them down. But some of you have already seen this. Just think about the implication of that. When my body stops breathing, I'm still alive. I'm still facing something. There's an assessment coming. So that has implications in the world in which we live, right? There's really me. There's a crisis coming, crino, crisis. It's coming after I walk through death's door. Here's another verse that informs the same thing. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Some of you have heard that before, right? That each may be recompensed for his deeds in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. doesn't matter. I was driving the other day coming home. And I came behind a car with one of those nice bumper stickers. Have you seen those bumper stickers that say coexist and it has all the religious symbols? You know, it's got the Muslim symbol, the Christian symbol, the Jewish symbol, some other ones I can't interpret, uh, the yin and yang and all of that. They got it all as coexist. So I got behind that and I thought that's what it was. And as I got closer, I looked at the, it was all those symbols and it was the same style so that you thought it was the coexist one, but it actually said Fiction. And I went, when I thought about it long enough, I realized what they were saying. Is it? I hope you change your mind before that car crashes and you step into eternity because it's not fiction. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. There's an assessment coming, a grand and royal, literal thing that's going to happen, a major assessment and sorting out 
of those who are in him and outside of him and what they have done who are outside of him and what they have done who are inside of him. It's all going to come. And let me just show you one other verse. This is something I, I like to show because everybody loves... You know, the community, the, the world that we're living in is becoming more and more hostile toward Christianity. Anybody notice that? Sometimes any religion, maybe. Uh, it's kind of a sad state of affairs, but since that was one of our liberties that was so valuable as a nation. And, um, and we, but, but generally, the person of Jesus is liked until we read what he said. You know, Jesus is meek and mild and loving, and Jesus loves you, and we make those statements, and there are some kind of raunchy bumper stickers about some of that stuff, but the fact is people generally kind of look up to Jesus even if they don't know much about him until they start to see what he actually said, like this. Don't marvel at this, Jesus said. An hour is coming in which all who are in the tomb shall hear his voice. I don't... When, when we read things like this, do we ever ponder, what is that going to be like? I mean, does that give... You know, if, if um, Stephen King gives you goosebumps, he's an amateur. This is serious. You know, sci-fi on TV, and it's a bam! Everybody in the tombs is going to hear and get up. Woo! Shall come forth, those who did the good deeds to a resurrection of life. Here's the part we ignore. Those who committed the evil deeds to what? A resurrection of? We were made to live. All human beings will continue to live. The question is how? And that's why redemption is so critical. And that's why we have churches that try to teach people how to share their faith, which we really need to work hard on. Because people's lives are at stake. So, let me move on. I want to move on to the focus view the view of assessing the saints, that God's grace has been given to us. Do you remember the song we just sang this morning? Holy, holy, holy. Isn't that a great song? We had some great songs this morning. Casting down their golden crowns around the glassy sea. A picture of the saints returning their rewards to the one who helped them earn it. Yet he lets us earn it. Isn't that fun? Look at this. 1 Corinthians. If any man's work which he has built upon it remains, he shall receive a reward. What's the, 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 he builds upon the foundation of Jesus, right? Start with knowing Christ. He shall receive a reward. If any man's work is burned up, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved yet as through fire. Anybody ever heard that before? Maybe it's new to you. But there's a very clear assessment ahead of what I've done. What I've done and how I've done it also matters, right? When we were talking about changing our ethos as a church, changing the, um, the values that we have, this is very important to me. It's not just a matter of what you say, it's how you say it. I won't pick on you again. I picked on you too many times. I'll pick on Don. You know, Don... <laughs> You dummy, you did that. How can you be so stupid? That was a very loving, uplifting exhortation, wasn't it? That was wrong. Even if what I'm saying is true, what you did was stupid, right? Shouldn't it? By the way, he didn't do anything wrong. I'm using this as an illustration. Everybody's looking so serious. Like, we, we need to talk to him after church. He really got reamed out. Nothing of the kind. Hey, Don, I noticed something. Did, I heard that this happened. Did that really happen? Yeah, it did. Oh, Don different, right? Let's talk. 
Let's talk. You can do better. Okay? There's an assessment coming for all of us. Judgment, by the way, I don't want to take time with this. This is not in your notes. You don't have to write this down. But judgment can also be referring to us being disciplined in the here and now by the Father because of our bad behavior. Did you believe that? It's in the Bible. Book of James actually talks about fifth chapter in particular. Some people are sick because of sin. They need to call for the elders of the church. They'll pray over them. The prayer of faith will restore the one who is sick. The implication is they confess and God withdraws his judgment. Oh, no, that's not the God of the Bible. Yeah, the problem is that is the God of the Bible. We don't know him. Here's what it says. Don't complain, for example, brethren, against one another that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing right at the door. You don't want to put yourself at risk. Right at the door, not future, now. And there's other places we don't have time to unpack. By the way, every point of these four points here, um, you know, having a wrong view, having the broad view, having a focused view, and we're going to look at one more personal view. Um, Each one of those could be a four-hour sermon all by themselves. But today I'm only going to take three hours. You don't take me seriously, do you? (laughs) And you shouldn't. Uh, On that, but on everything else you should. Don't you know that saints will judge the world? There's something else involved in this reward, this assessment that we're looking at. The question was, what about these rewards? What is that about? The rewards are more than just one thing. In fact, look. All right, here's something that happened. I told you I was going to say one more thing about this. So... Last year, I think it was, or two years ago, I went in the tournament and I did sparring for the old guys. They had an old guys category. The old guys category was everybody from 50 up. (laughs) 50 babies. Anyway, so the old guy, who's 64 at the time, comes in with a silver. I was pretty pleased with that. (laughs) You don't care. Anyway, so... But here's my point. This is pretty cool. I'm pleased with that. I hang it on the wall, and it does nothing for me. Now, if this meant that I earned a job at the dojo, that would be different. And brothers and sisters, let me tell you, that's exactly what your crowns are all about. We're missing something. Don't you know that we shall judge judge the world? And do you not know that we shall judge angels? We're going to be in a process of judging. That's work. Assessing. We're helping Jesus rule his kingdom. Do you follow what I'm saying? Anybody following? Anybody here? Okay. Sidebar. This is one sidebar. Because a brother in the room asked the question, what about judging angels? That that means angels are sinners. We need to have a little angelology 101, very quick. No, they're not sinners. Somewhere in the mysterious past, there was a rebellion. We know that. It's implied in Scripture. A bunch of angels rebelled against God, became Satan's followers. As best as we know, by the way, the best explanation of demons is that's who they are not somebody's disembodied grandmother or whatever. That's not biblical. So those angels are fallen angels. They are now secured in rebellion against God, and the angels who stayed with God are referred to as the holy angels. Let me give you a little insight. It's not unlike us. 
Once we put our trust in Christ, we're secured in the grace of God. Same thing happened, because here's how Jesus puts it. In the end, when there's a separation, I didn't look at this verse today, but there'll be a separation. Go to the fiery place prepared for the devil and his angels. That's how they're categorized. And in other places, the holy angels are called the elect angels. Elect. That's a word that is used for us. Chosen and secured in grace. So you don't have to worry about running into one of God's angels and having him turn on you. Hebrews chapter 1. Are they not ministering spirits sent forth to, to be servants, ministers to those who shall be the heirs of salvation? That's us, the heirs of salvation. They're here to minister to us. And how well they do, God says we're going to help assess that. Whoa! Can't wait till my training next week because I need to learn a lot about assessing. You follow what I just said? There's work to be done. Let's look at that verse I referenced earlier. Jesus said to his disciples, I say to you, you have been with me in the regeneration, in the resurrection, when the new kingdom comes, the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne. You also will sit upon the 12 thrones judging the tribes of Israel. Think about that language. Who were the judges? Deborah, Barak, Gideon, Samson. Anybody remember any of those names? What did they do? They didn't just run courtrooms. They led and governed the people of Israel. Are you hearing me? So we're in a process of preparation for hard work in glory. Work? I wanted permanent vacation. Work is not a bad thing. Work was cursed because of the fall. But work in itself is a good thing. All of God's people said, Amen, Pastor John. I'm never coming back to hear this guy. Here's what we think about heaven. Did anybody remember? Oh, it didn't get in. No, it didn't get in. Don't look at that. I did that too late. Anybody remember the Far Side cartoons? It's a great cartoon, Gary Larson. Guy sitting on a cloud in heaven with his wings and his little halo, and he's saying, gee, I wish I'd brought a magazine. <laughs> you think that's heaven? No. That is not. I want to do stuff. And we're going to do stuff. It's a great book called The Life God Rewards. Bruce Wilkinson. Anybody remember the prayer of Jabez? All the narcissists love the prayer of Jabez. I want to get blessed out of my socks. I don't want to do anything about it, but I want to be blessed. Okay. So because it was so well received, he had to do some correcting. So he wrote two more books. Second one was The Fruits of the Vine, Life in the Vine. And the last one was A Life God Rewards, which is very good. Let me just read two things from this talking about the parable of the stewards. We think that even though God gave us our gifts and talents, he's not bothered if we don't make the most of every opportunity. We think that if God does reward us for serving him, his reward will be a general commendation that will apply to everyone equally and won't change our future opportunities in his kingdom. We think 
that if we don't serve God with what he's given us, the worst that could happen is we would get no reward. But the truth of the third steward is that if we do not use what God has placed in our care for him, we will suffer loss in heaven. That's what the Bible says. That's what he's quoting of both the potential reward we could have earned and the opportunity to serve God more fully in eternity. And that's the thing I'm looking for, to serve him more fully in eternity. Let me read to you what some of the great saints have had to say about this. Just so you know, it's not just Hockle off on some kind of wingnut thing that he made up. Anybody ever heard of R.C. Sproul? There are degrees of reward that are given in heaven. I'm surprised that this answer surprises so many people. I think there's a reason Christians are shocked when I say there are various levels of heaven as well as graduations of severity of punishment in hell. It's a good reform view. Chuck Swindoll talks about us looking for a job well done. Jonathan Edwards, one of the greatest theologians in our history. There are many mansions in God's house because heaven is intended for various degrees of honor and blessedness. Some are designed to sit in higher places than others. Some are designed to be advanced to higher degrees in honor and glory than others. And therefore, there are various mansions, some more honorable mansions and seats in heaven than others, though they are all seats of exceeding honor and blessedness. They all are. You get there, it's cool. No matter what, everybody got that part. It's cool. But some more so than others. And let's get really nasty. I'm going to read John Wesley. You ever heard of him? All the Methodist churches you've ever seen. He, it's his fault. Okay. Him and Charles. There is an inconceivable variety in the degrees of reward in the other world. Let not any slothful one say, if I get to heaven at all, I will be content. Such a one may let heaven go altogether. (laughs) Give it up. That's what he's saying. In worldly things, men are ambitious to get as high as they can. Christians have a far more noble ambition. Amen? It's not just getting the CEO position. It's serving our king forever in glory. Phenomenal opportunities that he has ahead. So that brings me to the end. Any questions? Yes, ma'am. Oh, that is a great question. Now, if you didn't hear it, she's asking about when we accept Christ, are we eternally secure, which I'm going to say the Bible is clear, yes. Okay. And it brings up a big question, which, is that, which we can't cover that today because that's a whole sermon in itself, which I am hoping to get to because that was another question a brother in the room asked. Yes, so it's very good. So my point is we really can't take the time for that today, but it's a great question. And so I'm going to skip one verse and go to the end here. See this guy? Anybody know they're doing a remake? Yeah, this is Ben-Hur, one of my favorites, right? He's getting the crown, the wreath, which is his reward. It's kind of like this thing. You know, it lasts for one day. If he got a generalship or became a senator, that'd be different, but he didn't. And we're trying to get the prize. Look at the last line. They do it to receive a perish. Hey, the, what just ended? The Olympics. We watched all this. Some of it was pretty impressive, actually. They do it to receive a perishable wreath. We do it for an imperishable wreath. We want something permanent. 
And it's not just something we hang on the wall, or even if we're very magnanimous, we cast it back to Jesus as a thank you. It's duty. It's opportunity. It's some of the co-ruling that he has in mind for us as children of God. That's what we want to aim for. But as I'm uh, preaching this, your question provokes exactly why I put this last verse on the screen. Here it comes. There is therefore now what? No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If I belong to him, I am in. I am in. That's what you need to be sure of. The scripture says make your calling and election sure. It's right for us if we're living in one of those backslidden conditions to examine ourselves to see whether we're really in the faith or not. That's what Paul says. But if we're in, even if I sloughed off and blew my opportunities, getting in there is far more glorious you're ever going to see here than anything you're going to see here. But don't we want to do well? Don't most of us not? Don't we want our marriages to be better? Don't we want our kids to do well? Don't we want the things that we build to last and look good or whatever it is? Don't we? Well, why would you waste your time on this life when that one's permanent? Of course you waste your time on it because we should but more so in the next life. So I'm just going to ask this as we close. Here's the way we're going to handle this. If you're sitting and listening to me and say, I don't know for sure that that's true about me, that there's no condemnation, no judgment. I've, I've passed the assessment. I'm in the kingdom if I am in Christ Jesus. If you're not sure about that, I'm going to invite you as we close in a minute to come forward. We'll have someone to talk with you, pray with you, help you assess that. And I'm also going to say this. If you're a brother or sister and you've been enjoying your eternal rest already, and you know what? I need people that are not doing that if we're going to build the kingdom at this church. And you want to change that? Why don't you make a commitment? Say, I'm putting a stake in the ground. I'm going to start earning what I'm looking forward to right here. Because I think God keeps assessment of what we're doing right here. And we'll welcome you into that as well. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have us in just a moment, listen carefully, I'm going to have you in a moment stand, and I'm going to close in prayer. As we close in prayer, if you're interested in either of those two decisions I just mentioned, come forward. The rest of you, I want you to take two minutes to greet one another. Because during that time, we're going to prepare for our business meeting. Okay? So take a few minutes to greet each other. If you're not a member, you're free to leave. You're also free to stay and listen in if you want. And if you are a member, we need you to stay. I'll call you back together for a time of voting. Was that clear enough? Okay, let's stand together. Remember, as I close in prayer, if you need to do business with God, I want to invite you to do it. Where else? should that happen than in the gathering of the saints. Father, thank you for your truth that does not leave us confused unless we are not willing to obey it. Then it confuses us all day long. So give us clarity. Give us ambition for you. Give us grace to do what you've called us to do. And Lord, I want to thank you that I'm asking that knowing that you will always answer when we ask for grace to do your will, you will always answer for us to do that. Help us, we pray. Dismiss your brothers and sisters, your children, 
with your blessing. Build us up in our most holy faith. Protect us during this week. Bring us back together to worship you and glorify you again. A little bit more than we even did this morning, which was a great time of honoring you. I want you to be honored, Lord Jesus. You're the King. You're God. You're our Savior. You're the one that's rescued us and made us new people. Lead us in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake, we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Visit with each other. Come forward if you need to do business. In a few minutes, we'll call you back together.